What is up, Whisper Nation? Johnny Game Time Hicks here with Big Travi, and we are talking AFC West. Finally getting this to you guys. We're going to break down what you need to know going into training camp, what we've been hearing right here on episode 72 of the Fantasy Whispers. Yes, we're back again. We're back again. We're back. Hey, let's pump up the volume. Right here. <laughs> What's up, Whisper Nation? It's Tuesday, August 20th, and you're listening to episode 72 of the Fantasy Whispers with your host, Johnny Gametime Hicks, and me, Big Travi. If you want to follow the show, you can do so on Twitter, at TF Whispers. You can also find us on YouTube and Instagram, at the Fantasy Whispers, and you should definitely visit our website, thefantasywhispers.com. We got articles, our latest podcast episodes, rankings, and most importantly, Johnny, our fully loaded 2019 draft kit is up. So if you're listening to this, maybe you already drafted. Maybe you're about to draft. Either way, you should be checking out this kit, seeing guys you should be picking up and dominating your league. So head on over to the website and check it out. Johnny, I'm so pumped right now. It is officially draft season. I just got back from Denver. Shout out to the You Gonna Learn Today League that I'm a member of. We drafted all the way up in the Mile High City of Denver. Uh, it was a good time, man. Dude, that that sounds like it must have been an amazing trip. I did see your team. Your team is, dude. I I don't know who you were drafting with. I honestly don't. <laughs> uh, but your team is awesome. Uh, you should have some uh, a lot a lot of victories this season. But I know it's because you got that draft kit over at thefantasywhispers.com. Dude, no doubt. When you put in the hours that we've put in building this thing, it's hard for you to not sit back and go, oh, I got all the nuggets. Right. And I even I even got some of your nuggets. I mean, you don't have many, <laughs> but I got a few. Hey, well, I definitely noticed the ones you got. Make up. Dude, are you okay? Are you okay if I take some of your nuggets or what? Of course. <laughs> You know, you can have all my McNuggets, bro. <laughs> well, before we get started into this show, which Johnny talked about at the top of the hour, it's the AFC West breakdown. So we did our three other uh, shows that had all the other divisions, all seven other divisions in it. But now we're going to break down the AFC West. And I'm kind of glad we had to wait based on travel and scheduling because we're going to talk about that Kansas City backfield in this episode. And a lot has transpired over the last month or so. Right, Johnny? in what's going on in that backfield. But before we hop into this thing, I want to bring us some news and notes. As always, our news and notes from around the NFL are brought to you by Fanatic. That's F-A-N-A-T-I-Q. That's where fantasy meets IQ. Fanatic has done some amazing work on their app this offseason, including adding articles, podcast episodes, player stats, and beat writer updates, all within their app. So head on over to the App Store if you have an Apple device, iPad, iPhone, whatever, and download that app today because it, it will really prepare you for the season, Johnny. Yeah, I love that app. All right, so let's dig through some of the news and notes here. Uh, <clears throat> first bit of new, news and notes here is out of Jacksonville, Johnny. DJ Chark, uh, or Shark, uh, you know, we're just past Shark Week, so maybe yeah. it's Shark. I, I don't it know. DJ Shark. Uh, yeah, he's a shark on the field. Right now, ESPN's Mike DeRico or Duraco reports that sophomore DJ Chark has been the most impressive wide receiver at Jaguars camp this summer. So this is a little bit different uh, from what we've been hearing. We had been hearing about D.D. Westbrook. D.D. Westbrook was a guy that in our mock draft marathon a couple weeks ago, we had consistently kind of snagged there in the later rounds as a guy with some upside. But it's really, you know, 
Shark with or Shark with this, you know, really high upside based on his spark and athle- athletic scores. Mm-hmm. So Johnny, talk to me here. Are you a little? Are you fading DD in, instead of D or for DJ? Um, not a hundred percent. I mean, I still think that this whole entire wide receiver core is going to be kind of hit or miss. I think DD has the best opportunity to be consistent. Uh, Shark might get you some nice weeks, but I don't think it's going to be like a monster pop off year. I do like him, and I did like him coming out of college, LSU. Uh, big bodied kind of receiver uh, can get down the field and stretch the field, uh, but I don't think he's going to be like super super. Uh, you know, a, an, a wide receiver two or anything like that. He would be more of like an, a wide receiver four. If I'm going to take a stab on him and somebody does take DD at the end of drafts, I don't have any problem with it. I don't think that there's any downside to that. Yeah, for me, you know, Foles has historically been a guy that targets one guy. And we've heard a lot more of the DD Westbrook hype than we have the DJ Shark hype. I do like uh, DJ's ability uh, to, you know, his, his physical attributes as we talked about. But for me, I think it's Didi. If you're going to take a stab, I think that's the guy that you kind of trust in here. Yeah. Uh, speaking of trust, one of the wide receivers that has the most trust in, out of his quarterback in New England is Julian Edelman. And Julian Edelman was activated off the uh, pup list today or the active NFI list, I should say, um, b- because of his thumb. We, we talked about how his thumb was broken and now he's back. So Johnny, not that we're, our confidence kind of wavered because when he did get injured, we kind of knew this was going to be the case. He should be ready for the start of the season. He's not a guy that needs a lot of reps with Tom Brady, right? So we're we're still pretty stoked on Edelman's prospects. Or are you downgrading him just a little bit with the news of Josh Gordon being reinstated? I mean, certainly downgrading him slightly because before we were basing everything off of Julian Edelman being essentially the only one. Uh, now that you get Josh Gordon in there, he is going to take away, you know, a lot of, you know, not a lot, uh, but he certainly will take away some balls there. Uh, you know, uh, we talked about in our last episode, you know, I, I like Josh grabbing Josh Gordon late in drafts. It might be a little bit too late for that. His ADP is going to be rising, um, but I still think Edelman is still going to be very, very solid for you. He's still going to catch the ball quite a bit. He's going to be still probably Tom Brady's number one target. Uh, realistically, that's the type of game that they play. So, you know, I am, I'm still excited. I'm still drafting Julian Edelman. I might even, you know, I liked his value before this only helps his value. Um, but I still like taking Julian, uh, Josh Gordon as well. What about you, Travis? I like both. Like you said, I think Edelman's a good value where he's at. He's going to be that safe floor wide receiver for right. you, though. I know that he let or he helped co-lead the team in red zone targets, but that was shaky with Gronk's decline and Josh Gordon not playing a full season. If we can get Gordon good to go, I think Gordon would be the major benefactor from a, you know, detraction of Gronk from this offense, if that makes any sense. Basically, what I mean is, is that Gronk's red zone prowess should be taken over by James White and then Josh Gordon, in my mind, who would be the bigger body for Brady to get it to. But with that being said, I think, you know, Gordon is a guy that you can get late right now still as he, you know, the Patriots figure out how they're going to acclimate him back. And then Edelman's just of extreme value. If you build the top of your roster with a lot of upside and you need that safe floor play, Edelman becomes a really nice wide receiver to grab if you're if you're in search of a nice high floor. Yeah, totally agree. Derek Henry has resumed practice. It's being reported now, which is kind of, you know, this is what we've been waiting for. A little bit of a hush of, you know, relief comes over those Derek Henry truthers out there because he was in that walking boot. 
And we, and that was at the first day of camp, right? So all we had been doing all off season was saying, Oh, this is the year the Titans are going to do it. They're going to feed Derek Henry. They're going to feed him. We got it. And then boom, he's in a walking boot. Now he shed the boot. He's back at practice. Wonder if we'll see him in any preseason given that, but either way, Johnny, are you good with taking, you know, Derek Henry back in the third or, or, or early fourth again? Uh, yeah, I am there because I feel like that value is kind of built in. Uh, you have the upside, certainly, with Derrick Henry. And the guys that he's going around at that point are are still, I'm fine taking, right? But if he starts creeping up once again, because, you know, in the beginning of the summer before he had this injury and everyone was, you know, hyping him up, he was going, you know, right after or right before Marlon Mack. Like, it was either, you know, Derrick Henry or Marlon Mack was kind of that decision so as long as he doesn't get in that range because i still don't feel comfortable in order to take him over guys like marlon mack uh leonard fournette even um or you know jones i i would still take aaron jones over uh all all that but uh you know derrick henry is he has concern right when you're drafting him he's, there's a lot of concern there is he going to get the touches needed uh is he going to get the touches that he required last year when he broke out uh, you know, what is going on in Tennessee as as a whole? Well, who's their quarterback? You know, I know that we say, you know, it's Mariota right now, but could there be a controversy there? They're, you know, well, the GM just said it's not as closed of a you know competition as they thought. Yeah. And I think that has to do with how good of an offseason Tannehill has had. And to your credit, you've been stating this. You have not been confident in Mariota's ability to take the lead of this offense. And what does that mean? For Henry, I actually think that Tannehill, dare I say it, may, may be an upgrade for Derrick Henry. Mm -hmm. So if we could get to Tannehill, a guy who can consistently move the chains, a, a journeyman game manager, if you will, uh, that could continue to get the ball. My problem is the defense for Tennessee, I think, is going to be worse than people think or realize. And I think you're not going to get a lot of opportunities. And it's twofold with Henry. It's the offense and what's going on with that whole team. And then it's about his pass catching. So in a PPR, I'm fading him a lot more, of course, but even in standard, it's hard to see him get the kind of touches you need to return that value. Yeah. In the fourth, I'll take the chance. The third, I'm kind of fading that a little bit. Moving on to a guy that's a little bit fade-worthy right now is Darius Geis. So uh, NFL.com's Ian Rappaport reports that Darius Geis will play this Thursday. So by the time you're listening to it, he may be suiting up for that game or, or have already suited up. So make sure you take a look at that NFL Game Pass. Shameless plug here. You guys got to check that out. It'll You'll be able to uh, re-watch those games. But Johnny... Darius Geis is a guy that we've got in our draft kit over at the fantasywhispers.com is one of the riskiest players. We use that risk assessor rating, that secret formula that we can't tell everybody because we need you guys to keep getting the kit. But basically, we've assigned a really high risk rating for Darius Geis. And there's no reason, like, there's no shock as to why. This guy has had multiple surgeries on the same knee, and Adrian Peterson's be re been re-signed. Chris Thompson, in all you know, hope or likelihood, is healthy, at least for now. So I think Darius Geis comes with a huge amount of risk, but I will be watching this very closely. I want to see how this guy does because this is a guy we were taking in the third and fourth round last year. He was a stud at LSU. Was He's a great talent, can catch the ball. Gruden has come out and said he's a pass catcher and can be a three-down guy. So, Johnny, I'm definitely watching this, but he's he's you know not a guy I'm looking at. Yeah, for me, I... <laughs> 
See, the difference between last year and this year, though, obviously, you know, besides the injury, is they have Adrian Peterson there as well that they just paid. And I know it's not a grip of money, but, man, Adrian Peterson looks really good. And he's actually the guy that if I'm taking a stab at all on any of these offensive weapons uh, this year, it's either Jordan Reed or it's or it's Adrian Peterson because you can get him so late. So even if he if he looks good, I'm still not quite going to buy the hype because I, I think it's still going to be an additional year uh, i think next year is probably going to be the year that i would start considering taking guys uh, i think that this would be too soon especially after all the setbacks so i'm staying clear of darius guys almost i haven't actually drafted him in a single draft this year uh, a mock draft or anything because i just don't trust what's been going on there at all yeah, but one thing you can trust is the Fanatic app. So they brought us our news and notes today. We love the Fanatic app, and they can help you win the week, win your league, and win the year. So get on over to the Fanatic app in the App Store if you have any kind of Apple product. That's F-A-N-A-T-I-Q, and check that out. But, Johnny, we're about to get into these AFC West squads, my brother. Dude, Let's I'm, start it off. It. Yeah, let's start it off with a team that's actually playing tonight as we record this. So if, as you're listening to this on Tuesday, you will have already maybe watched this Denver Broncos versus 49ers preseason game. And so we're going to start with the Denver Broncos. I just got back from Denver, man. Those Broncos fans are stoked for their team. I mean, they're usually stoked every year. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, they're a fanhood that's not wavered by a lot. Um, whether it's blind or not, we won't get into that, but... Uh, <laughs> They, Johnny, they what what's they're the ones that think that Joe Flacco's elite. And that's hey, why they listen. have so much optimism. Isn't he though? I don't know, dude. Uh it's been a while since I, I don't even think Joe Flacco is ever elite. And so <laughs> to me, for them to come out, John Elway to come out and say, Oh, we you know, I think Joe Flacco's just starting to enter his prime. That is just, you know, they're all drinking the Kool-Aid. I mean, they are. And and even Vaughn Miller has come out and said that he likes Joe Flacco. But this plays right into one of your bigger storylines for this offense. And that is Joe Flacco, right, Johnny? Yeah, absolutely. So as much as I want to dog on him right now, I'm I'm really interested to see how he plays and how he performs. I'm not saying he doesn't have a big arm because he, he certainly does. But will that offensive line hold up? How much are they going to run the ball? It's a defensive uh, head coach, and those guys tend to run the ball more than offensive head coaches. So I think that we can, you know, and you're going to talk about that running back position in just a second. But the one thing I can say is like there'll be a wide receiver that comes out of here that will be fantasy relevant. Uh, I think that two of the guys will, uh, um, you know, be more of like a, a waiver wire guy or a guy that you play in certain matchups. But those three guys, you know, Cortland Sutton, is he going to uh, step up and and be that number one target for Joe Flacco? Uh, Deshaun Hamilton, this guy has a lot that he can offer. He's very talented, and we saw him pop off at the end of last year. But that was after Emmanuel Sanders got injured that he kind of started showing what he can do. And then you've got Emmanuel Sanders as well, who's coming off an Achilles injury, which this is insane, Travis. He got injured in the beginning of December, and he's already playing in a game. Uh, who know? They're saying he's going to be very, very limited in action, but everything that we've heard out of training camps have been, this guy has been looking great, best ever. Like, literally, people are saying he's never looked better before. 
which it, it makes me so hard to believe because this is such a difficult injury to come back from Travis. But again, it all stems back to how does Joe Flacco look? Because honestly, it doesn't matter how good Emmanuel Sanders looks and, and Sutton, you know, going up and catching balls. If Joe Flacco can't run that engine uh, and then we're turning this over to, to Drew Locke, because that's a situation we really have to monitor and think about. Uh, all of these guys value you kind of have to you would downgrade I would I would assume you know is that yeah well, I mean especially with especially yeah I, I agree especially with Locke because now they're saying that he may not even be a lock yeah, see what I did to be the number two quarterback because they're I think they're trying to motivate the young guy trust me I, I do but it's still interesting that he hasn't impressed his coaches this thus far into the offseason right. but I think that's an important point you talk about Emmanuel Sanders one thing, you know, historically people say you don't ever lose is your speed, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Sanders is a guy that prototypes as somebody that could really benefit from a Joe Flacco because he could run deep routes. If those, if that Achilles is fully healed, we know Sanders is a deep play threat. We know he has been in his career. Obviously, the Achilles is not something that's healed a bunch, but this is a guy, like you said, that's been doing really well. My big storyline, though, for this team, and I think that's the one that I'll be, you know, when I rewatch this preseason game, I'll be looking at hopefully Freeman and both Freeman and Lindsey get some time. If not, uh, I'm just interested to see how this shakes out, because right now you've got Royce Freeman going, I believe, in the in the eighth round of half point PPR. Yeah, 803 and half point PPR. And we you know, this is a guy we drafted a ton of in the mock draft marathon. I mean, almost 20 straight. Uh, with with Royce Freeman and that that's because he's a screaming value right now what people aren't failing to realize is listen to the drum beats that are coming out and these aren't drum beats from you know that I would say look at Miami where you're getting a lot of puff pieces for Kalen Balazs a lot of beat writers saying he looked like a monster things you can't quantify you turn around and look at what's coming out of Denver it's the coaches Mm -hmm. talking about the split for these running backs it's, it reminds me of Carolina last year, where Carolina was coming out in the media saying what they wanted to do with Christian McCaffrey and then doing it. And so for me, I look at Royce Freeman, a guy that they have now said they want to be the Devonta Freeman in the Devonta Freeman-Tevin Coleman combo, meaning that Philip Lindsay will be the Tevin Coleman. Then I want Freeman for a guy that's going to play, you know, especially for the value right now. Mm-hmm. But for a guy that's going to be the red zone guy for this team, more than likely, on a team that's going to get a lot more opportunities with a defense that should be really good. And we know that Flacco's not great, but he should be able to manage this offense and stay out of enough trouble to continue to give the running backs, um, you know, room to reign. I just, right now, Lindsey's been a little too high for my blood. I understand it. I get it. He's a lovable story. You want to have fun playing fantasy football. I don't think we saw enough out of Freeman. I think you can have fun with this guy. He had an ankle sprain a lot of last year that held him out of a lot of action that allowed Lindsay to get more carries. But if you combine these red zone looks like last year, you look at um, basically combined, they would have had 43 red zone carries together. 27 of those are from Philip Lindsay. I, I get that. But I think it's going to be flipped this year. I think you're going to see about 27 or so in that share go to Freeman because I think he is the bigger back. And they saw what happened with Lindsey. He had the wrist injury at the end of the year because they kept giving him the ball. Now flip that around. And I think Freeman is the guy to own. And I think right now, if you're drafting this weekend, listen to this, snag Freeman right at that ADP of eighth, even go seventh, I'd say, if you're looking for a running back in that range because the upside is there. And I just, I really like what's going on there. Uh, based on what the coaches are saying. 
Yeah, and I mean Philip Lindsay is is an anomaly, right? Like these don't these things generally don't happen very often, and when they do, they're kind of quick lived, unfortunately. So I definitely think that we will see see a changing of the guard. It, it's going to be a thunder and lightning. It's going to be. I think the, there's value in both of these guys. I just think that you tend to draft Philip Lindsay at. You know where his peak, I would say, is, and you're you're drafting Royce Freeman undervalued because I think he's going to be significantly um, more valuable. You know, we'll be talking about him next year, going in the third, fourth round, I believe. Yeah, and I just see, you know, Lindsey's right there at the fifth round, and he's consistently kind of stayed there. I mean, that's RB twenty five, Johnny. I just don't know that I'm that. I think that's right. I think that's right about where he's going to finish. Right. Uh, if everything goes well. Right. Exactly. And and I just think that's a little tough to do. But speaking of a backfield that's given us a little bit of a headache or at least pause con- for some concern is the Kansas City backfield, Johnny. And we're moving on to the Chiefs here. Obviously, the Chiefs dominated last year under the MVP, Patrick Mahomes. They were a show-stopping unit last year. So talk to me a little bit about your biggest storyline, which I believe is this backfield. Yeah, it is, Travis. And I want to see, you know, Williams is now returning back to practice. Uh, There was a lot of hype saying, you know, they're going to, you know, Williams is the guy, right? That was the the whole narrative the whole summer. And then, you know, Williams got hurt. And then as a result, Andy Reid came out and said, oh, we're going to do an RBBC, which is, you know, all of our nightmare and, you know, so a lot of people are saying, well, what are they actually going to do? And now that Williams is returning back to, you know, back to camp, he is beginning the majority of the, the one work. But the big thing here, Travis, is I want to continue to see how are they using the rest of these running backs, right? None of us are expecting Williams to hold on to this position. So if, you know, we're all predicting that he's going to lose it. I want to get a stab at one of those two guys that he could lose the job to because we know that those guys will be valuable in fantasy football. We have seen a huge history of it with Andy Reid and his backs and his systems. And so- Yeah, I want to talk about that history a little bit, Johnny, just yeah. so people get context here of what that means and why Johnny's so pumped to go get one of these guys, right? Because in 17 seasons, you talk about Andy Reid. So he's even brought up this you know, committee approach, which we both were like, you've never really done that, Andy Reid. I don't know why you're talking about that. But in 17 seasons, he's produced three top five backs, six top 10 backs, and one top 15 back with four top 20 backs. So that's 14 seasons, Johnny, of running backs being at the very least an RB2 and nine seasons of them being an RB1. Yeah, so I I love you love that, right? And all these guys, yeah. are, you're getting these guys going way late in drafts, you know, eighth through thirteenth round generally. And you know, the other thing I want to say is you can't always just read into depth charts here because you know a lot of people are saying, okay, then go and get Carlos Hyde, right? Well. Yes and no, right? Carlos Hyde, he is a, a runner. He's not really much of a pass catcher. So um, then you'd say, oh. He's a runner. Yeah, he's a runner. <laughs> um, so, but Carlos Hyde, they do like him. There are positive reviews uh, coming out of training camp for Carlos Hyde. Also, Darwin Thompson, he has been having a, mm-hmm. a tremendous training camp. That dude is uh, a really gifted athlete, and he is really good at catching the ball. And so, Travis, you know, 
a lot of people think that they're going to the beat writers are saying they're going to try to use him like Tyree Cohen in this offense. Uh, so, you know, and Tyree Cohen had a very nice season last year. So, uh, like I said, we're not exactly sure. And, you know, last year, one more note on top of it was last year we all were looking at the depth chart. Shakandrick West was the, you know, second running back on the depth chart. And then Williams was third. And then when Hunt got cut, everyone thought, oh, Sharkandrick West immediately. And it didn't end up being Sharkandrick West. So Spencer uh, Ware, right? Spencer Ware, right. Yeah. Um, or, yeah, sorry, yes. Yeah. Uh, and so that you just can't always take into account, oh, what the depth chart looks like right now. So I and I think take a stab at one of part guys. of why you brought up West is because we've seen that multiple times in this backfield. We've seen West and Spencer Ware and Kareem, even when Kareem Hunt, his rookie year wasn't supposed to be the starter. Right. right so right. that was the concern here is that what's going to happen here. I mean, we talked about this a little bit with Summy in our league winner episode. So check that out because it's a it's a great episode, and Summy from the Draft Room podcast really broke it down there. Mm-hmm. But like you said, Thompson's kind of come out of nowhere, and you talked about the ADP for these guys. Consistently, Carlos Hyde has been in the 10th round, right? He's been around there. We've been picking him up. But now Thompson has gone from undrafted all the way up to the 11th round, yeah. and we can get why. We watched the preseason game where he scored. He hurdled a dude. He shook Lyman and, and basically brought him with him, brought the whole house with him. And Andy Reid has come out and just been gushing over Thompson, too. Said he's got good vision in the run game. He's got pretty good understanding of the pass game. And basically that he's more advanced than they thought he would be when they drafted him. I mean, that is some stuff that is eerily similar to who? Kareem Hunt. When we saw in Kareem Hunt's rookie year, Kareem Hunt was like coming onto the scene. (laughs) So I just think... uh, I think that people need to be snagging up Darwin Thompson as much as they can in any league that they're in because it's it really could pay huge dividends. Mm-hmm. And I think if if you can't if you can't get Hyde, I if you can't get Thompson, get Hyde. But I think Hyde's ADP is a little higher or is a little higher right now. Yeah. But we'll see if they meet. But I think getting one of the two should be a good one. I still have been drafting consistently Damien now over the last week or so because he's fallen to middle of the third, end of the third. And I think that's a good spot to take your swing at Damien Williams. I mean, don't let's not forget that this guy scored 10 touchdowns down the stretch for them. I mean, it was it was unreal what the production of that offense could do for you. And make no mistake, if we're all saying that there's a regression for Kansas City, it won't be in the run game. Andy Reid has never been a guy that doesn't run. It'll be in the pass game and the passing work. Um, So I think think that's great points you brought up there, and I really don't have anything else to add. That's my biggest storyline as well coming out of this, out of Kansas City. So continue to watch that and continue to put the – but get a piece of this offense. Yeah. Uh, another offense that's very ex- or was very explosive last year that should be very explosive with a lot of weapons is the Los Angeles Chargers. But Johnny, one of the storylines dominating out of the L.A. Chargers camp is has been Melvin Gordon. Yeah, he continues to hold out, and there has been absolutely no progress, no you know information coming out about where he is in these contract negotiations. So now it really is getting serious as to how many games is he going to miss, Travis. And he has been falling harder than a sack of potatoes off of a cliff. Because wow, man, yeah, he went you know being the number five on average drafted 
running, you know, player actually in, in redraft leagues to, I mean, third, fourth round, he's going in some of the middle of the third and half PPR right now. Yeah. So, um, what, what does this do for the rest of the chargers offense though? That is what we need to key on because, you know, this is really, really good news for Keenan Allen for his, however long Melvin Gordon is out because what we've seen is when Melvin Gordon is out, uh, Keenan Allen gets an extra two targets on average per game with Melvin Gordon sitting out. So last year he had 8.8 targets per game with Melvin Gordon, and then when Melvin Gordon was missing, he was at 10.75, Travis. You definitely like it when a wide receiver is getting targeted 11 times. Uh, you'll sign up for that you know, almost every single day of the week. Uh, so for me, I want to see, does... Keenan Allen continue to be that main benefactor or are we going to see those targets being shifted over to you know now they have Hunter Henry back uh, they have BMW on the other side uh, is Eckler going to then take uh, over a couple of those targets so it'll be interesting to see how this offense runs in general and you know we all expect you know Justin Jackson and Eckler to, to fill in quite nicely for Melvin Gordon and that's why we say you know Melvin Gordon Melvin Gordon's leverage is kind of out the window here but Travis correct me if I'm wrong you know these two running backs are no joke and they ran the ball just fine you know without Melvin Gordon last year so you gotta yeah I mean Eckler seemed to break down just a little bit but he did have flashes and he has great metrics as a back right I mean we know his role is secure if he can be the pass catcher and they don't have to rely on him to do more than that. And I think that's the case here because I think Justin Jackson is a lot better than people. I mean, recently ADP has changed, but Justin Jackson's a lot better than people have been giving him credit for. And I think he's the guy who prototypes to be more like the Melvin Gordon, leaving Eckler in his own standalone role. And that Justin Jackson becomes a red zone guy for, for, uh, the Chargers, or we've seen this before. If he doesn't earn the trust of Rivers, you see guys like Hunter Henry or Big Mike Williams getting the touchdowns in the red zone because he ends up having to de facto go to them. So I love the point you brought up there about how it affects the rest of the offense. For me, I've been fading Austin Eckler only because I look at other guys in the sixth round. Lamar Miller. Uh, I look at Latavius Murray. Even Kenyon Drake up until you know the last week or so, and then Rashad Penny. Those are guys I feel with a little bit more upside for me because I feel like their path to a more clear all-around role is a little bit clearer. But I still like Eckler there, but I really like Justin Jackson's ADP right now. And I just feel like he's becoming such a value in the 11th round. Mm -hmm. uh, going around guys like Peyton Barber, uh, Alexander Madison, you know, some of these guys at Justice Hill, some of these guys that are down there, and you're just like, okay, well, give me Justin Jackson who – if Melvin Gordon really puts his money where his mouth is or lack of money where his mouth is uh, and sits out for eight weeks, then I really think Justin Jackson could be a league winner. And I think some, that's what Summy was saying in our league winner episode. So check that out as well. But it's time to move on to the hard knock storyline. The Oakland Raiders here, Johnny, are the one we're going to talk about next. Yeah, hard knocks, Travis. It's kind of interesting this year. Normally... Hard Knocks has this crazy effect on a lot of the fantasy players involved. People will start to fall in love with them. People start to overdraft them. You know, the ADP rises. They don't become values anymore. But this year, it has done quite the opposite, I believe, Travis. I mean, you look at all this stuff, all this drama with AB, 
uh, his value has certainly dropped. He was going, you know, midway in the second round, and now people, you know, I've seen him fall in a ton of drafts in the third round because of all of his antics, you know, the the stuff going on with his feet, uh, which is we won't get into on this show because we've talked about it on several shows. <laughs> Way too much. Way too much, exactly. Uh, you know, Josh Jacobs, he hasn't even, even been on that show. Like, I'm wondering if he even – did he sign a waiver saying, like, I can't be on – uh, you know, hard knocks because he hasn't shown anything. Uh, and then, you know, Tyrell Williams, maybe out of all three of them, he's risen the most uh, for ADP. A lot of people are, you know, there's a lot of hype, a lot of beat writers saying he's been a, a standout wide receiver for them. But, you know, it's kind of insane uh, that we're kind of seeing this reverse effect for the first time in a while. Yeah. I, and I think we need to thank Antonio Brown probably yeah. for this circus, because if you're interested in drafting Antonio Brown, you're going to get him even more of a discount. And I think I was talking to some people the other day, and I think actually that Antonio Brown's just going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. I know it's a little shaky and it's hard to trust him right now, but I think the value and the upside is so worth it. And I think this could be just a play for a guy who doesn't want to play in camp. Yeah, He's been doing it for a long time and he doesn't really want to go and, and do all the rigor and more of camp. He knows where he's going to be. He knows they invested too heavily into him to not use him. And look, that's basically John Gruden's MO. Run the ball 30 times and throw it to your wide receiver one. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what he does. And so I think twofold. Thank Antonio Brown if you're an Antonio Brown truther and want to go pick him up. And also thank him if you're if you're buying into Josh Jacobs, who I watched, you know, I rewatched the Cardinals Raiders game and I know it's very limited action, but he looked good. He looked like a guy that's going to continue to just Everyone have some cuts against the Cardinals defense. Oh, man, I didn't so mean to so I didn't mean bad. to open up that wound. Yeah, no, but. So. But at Josh the Jacob same time, fine. Josh I think, and, and look, we've talked about it before. I think that's an important thing to remind people. If you would have combined Doug Martin and, uh, and Marshawn Lynch's carries last year, as they split time as the RB one due to injury and, and whatnot, if you combine it, they were top 10 in rushing attempts right around Joe Mixon and the bunch there. So I think it's really important to take a look at this team who, you know, I know gets a lot of flack for John Gruden and he's a he's a clown and so is Antonio Brown and all this stuff. I think when it's all said and done, this this offense is gonna get slept on and you can reap the fantasy rewards for it by picking up a guy like Josh Jacobs, mm-hmm. whose ADP has stayed right around the same because you know, if they had been highlighting him on on hard knocks, you'd be probably be seeing that thing spike like Johnny talked about. But I think that it's staying right where it's acceptable to go draft him. Do I like some of the other guys around him more? Yes. Carry on Johnson for sure. I'm going to take more of, um, you know, there's some other guys there that I like, but Josh Jacobs is going to be fine. If you're really looking for RB in in the third and fourth round. Um, But that, that kind of does it for us, uh, Johnny. Uh, That's our, our four teams in the AFC West. We wanted to get this to you. Whisper nation. We're sorry about it. It took us a little bit of, a little bit of time to get it out to you, but it was important to do so. And luckily they've each had situations that have needed time to assess kind of what's going on. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want more of our, you know, content, more of the draft kit, more of our episodes, or we had the league winner episode. That's really awesome. Head over to the fantasy and check it out. Hit like, and subscribe right here on the YouTube video and get all of turn those notifications on. Let, you know, you'll know when we're, going live or doing any of the fun stuff there speaking of which if you're listening to it now and it's not wednesday the 21st head on over to the youtube live and check us out we'll be doing our tfw whisper nation listener league live draft chelsea 
and Johnny and I will be sitting there running the TFW ship, picking our team through there. And then, of course, Whisper Nation, our listener league. It was a hotly contested uh, group, but we got them all in there, and now we're going to dominate them. <laughs> exactly. They all, dude, they're already talking. And they're already talking they smack. Know. I know. They don't even know. We're about to. I'm about to unleash the fury on them. All right. But anyways, thank you so much, Whisper Nation. We we appreciate you. For Johnny Game Time Hicks, I'm Big Travi, and we're out. Peace. Peace. Go get the draft kit. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whisperers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whisperers.